Hi, this is Chase Masterson, founder of the Pop Culture Hero Coalition, and you're listening to Heroes 101 Radio. Hey everybody, this is Eric the Smoke Moran, and you're listening to Heroes 101. And if you're not listening, then you're a chump. So you need to listen in and become a hero on Hero 101. Yes! That's awesome! That's possibly the coolest... from the New York Hero Initiative, and my co-host as ever is not wearing hockey pants. It's Rock and Roll from the San Francisco Hero Initiative. How are you doing, my dear? Doing really well. Howdy, 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 everybody. I have to say I enjoyed those bumpers coming in. That was pretty pretty epic. Oh, my God, right? I, come on. That was a Star Trek star. That Deep Space <laughs> Nine. And and Eric the Smoke Moran, yeah, yeah, we've had some really fun people on this show, haven't we? Yeah, not uh, that's not going to change. No, no, going to have more tonight. So just hang on, guys. Get some, uh, get your sandwiches ready. Get your cold beverage and uh, get a comfy chair because it's going to be a good one. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, talking of good ones, if you're wondering why the heck did we have someone from Deep Space Nine doing a bumper for Heroes 101 at the beginning of this show, check out the last episode with um, Chase and Carey from the uh, Pop Culture Hero Coalition, a whole a whole episode about anti-bullying and, and the work that they're doing in, in schools and the cosplay community and just a whole bunch of awesome stuff. That, you know, even thinking back to that episode, I'm still geeking out and just shedding a little Star Wars, uh, Star Trek geek here over that episode it was just too awesome right and you know what it started a ball rolling and you know that'll be news that, that we get into um at a different episode but uh they had such good ideas that if you are a real life superhero or thinking about being one um there are some really cool opportunities coming up for a new group that uh may be forming um, but, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I'll, oh, you know what's now. funny, actually? I've got to jump in there. So we talked a little bit last time with Chase and Carrie, and I don't want to steal the thunder from the last episode or interrupt this new one, but there was some talk about the Hero Initiative group being involved in Comic-Cons. And I'm not going to say any more than that, but I, so I, I'm, uh, I'm thinking to myself, there, there are a couple of people I know who run local Comic-Cons around the New York area, one of them in Connecticut. And um, I just so happened to go to an Indiana Jones triple feature that showed... All three, and I say all three, in all seriousness. Right, there is, there is no the number Indiana four. Exactly, right. yeah. That, that was right. just a bad dream. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we go to this Indiana Jones triple feature. We watch all three Indiana Jones movies back-to-back, which was awesome. And we turn around, and the guy who runs the Connecticut Comic Conventions, this guy, Mitch Halleck, is, is sat there behind us. And uh, we are we are now Facebook friends and progressing our uh, our little idea of uh, the Hero Initiative and, and Comic-Con. So, uh it's, uh, you know, you never know what's going to come around the corner, I guess. No, you don't, especially if you're going to keep your energies and your opportunities open. You know, you put that out there, look at what kind of opportunities are presented to you. 
Um, yeah, or you and, could and, spend seven hours in a movie theater. I mean, they said I was yeah. wasting my time. What did they know? No, dude, if I lived on that coast, I would have been there right with you. And at the end of seven hours, everybody would look like Indiana Jones or, or Dr. Jones, you know, his dad. Or Yeah, that's that's what happens. Wow. So, uh, yes. Yeah, we, so, we both um, <laughs> <laughs> So other stuff. Not for long. <laughs> um, we, we've got, uh, we got Warrior Dash coming up. And that, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but... Training for that thing <clears throat> is kicking my ass <laughs> every single yeah. day. I literally, I just got back from a run 15 <laughs> minutes ago and starting to, uh, <laughs> to worry. But, uh, making me feel bad. Okay, you know what, though? At 6.30 this morning, I got up to go tackle. We're, we're, we're trying to find a name for this hill because the very first, for those of you who don't know what's going on, actually, let's back up a little. What the hell is Heroes 101, my awesome co-host? I don't what know are we? That. Yeah, Yeah, who the hell are we? Um, So Heroes 101 is a radio show designed to give you inspirational and motivational news and and updates and and cover topics that make you think, you know what, I could go out there and do that. I could, uh, you know, rather than just listening to all this bad news on the radio and seeing people in trouble and feeling like the world is going to uh, the proverbial, I could get out there and I could maybe do something to help. And uh, that's really the purpose of our show, whether it covers disaster preparedness, helping your community, the homeless, you know, whatever it is. We, you know, we try to uh, – I hope that we inspire people to get out there and maybe uh, make a difference just in some small, everyday way that's going to uh, improve the lives of people around them. Exactly. And we have been around now uh, – I think we just celebrated – was it our two-year or three-year anniversary? Hey, we've been here for a while, and um, we are over 42,000 listens strong and um, just like he was mentioning, our last show had a, a star from Deep Space Nine on it, and we've had a lot of celebrities on it, which is we're, we're real excited about that. Um, if you've ever heard of Mark McYoung, he was one of our favorites on there. So uh, go back to our archives. You guys can, if you found the show, then you found the link, and the link uh, can also take you back to our archives. And there's so much good information there. Like he said, everything from disaster preparedness, self-defense, um, how to survive out there in the nightclub scene, and, uh, God, healthy food. Uh, we cover everything, don't we? We try to. Ah, and you know what? We had uh, our illustrious leader of our Warrior Dash uh, event, Misfit, on with uh, White Scorpion a while back talking about fitness and training regimes, and, and, you know, that was another good one, which I must say I kind of feel the need to revisit <laughs> to, to go back right. and have another listen to that one. Exactly. So what is the Warrior Dash for people who are going, what are you guys talking about? God, the Warrior Dash. I, you know, I've never done one. <laughs> I, I think you're more qualified oh, to tell okay, us than well, me. <laughs> there we go. Uh, the Warrior Dash is, uh, you know, you guys have heard of mud runs, right? If you haven't, what are you, sleeping in a cave? Uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> they're really on the rise, all these mud runs, these fitness runs for charity, and that's what I love about it. They're they're all for charity. Uh, this one is, it's it's not a horribly hard one, knock on wood, um, but it, it is challenging, and it's a, a 5K, which is about 3.1 miles, for um, charity, and you have to go through obstacles, and, you know, at the end, uh, mud, or Gosh, at one of them, it was it was one of the first things you did was you had to jump and swim through a mud pit. But we're on a team called uh, Misfits for Life, and it was put together by uh, an Olympic runner-up 
friend of ours who's absolutely beautiful inside and out, this wonderful lady, um, Denise Messino, who is also known in the real-life superhero world as Misfit. You can find her on Facebook, or you can find her and the rest of the team at active-ism.com, active-ism.com. Um, and she's put this team together. This is the fourth year that we've done this. And in the four years that this team has participated in the Warrior Dash Mud Run, um, we've raised money to the tune of um, almost $60,000. That's right. You heard me. Almost $60,000. Our goal this year is $18,000. we are trying to raise $18,000. Well, thanks to people like Spectre, my co-host, who's kicking butt getting those <laughs> contributions. Uh, you're, in fact, I have to give a shout-out. Out of everybody who's raised money in the Tennessee, because we're doing the one in Tennessee this year, because Northern Cali didn't have one this year. We usually do Northern Cali, and this year it's Tennessee, and we're doing it October 10th this year. Um, Out of everybody who's raised money in Tennessee, my co-host is the top fundraiser for the entire state. It's insane. And, yeah, exactly. That's right. So kicking butt. We're already That's up a big to Twinkie. That is a big Twinkie. <laughs> Thank you, Winston Zemmore. What are we up to? Are we up to almost twelve thousand? I think right now. Right now. No, we're not. We're not up to eighteen thousand. That's our goal. Oh, no, no, that's right. It's a new updated goal. Yeah. And oh, we're and that's very, yeah, we're up to twelve thousand eight hundred and twenty-six dollars raised this year alone. Dude, and we've got like what three weeks left to go before the dash. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah you know, I, yeah, we, we've, I guess we've had different strategies all along here. But you know, what it what it really comes down to is if uh, if anyone out there listening in thinks, you know, uh, twelve grand is a hell of a lot of money that the people have given to this cause. Th- this money goes to running a hospital that gives free care to kids with cancer and to the families of kids with cancer and and other terminal diseases. So you know, these kids can have a terminal disease that could cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, you know, in private health care, this hospital gives them that health care for nothing. That the parents never pay a bill. Um, so, you know, if if there's one cause that's worthy to give to, it's this one. So, you know, I would ask that anyone out there who's thinking, you know, this isn't bad. These uh, average Joes are getting out there and training for this crazy mud run, and I fancy supporting them. Please, if, you know, we'll put some links up after the show, and it'll be on the Heroes 101 uh, Facebook page. Um, but if you could, you know, even spare a dollar or two, it, every, every little piece helps. Absolutely. It's just it's not just to us making our goal. Like you said, the families need somewhere to stay too while they're while they're, you know, being there for their sick child. And uh through St. Jude, they're able to do that without spending a dime because who needs that headache? You're already going through enough in your life. And uh if if you know, other than the Ronald McDonald's house, I don't know of another place that does this. So this is this is a fantastic charity to give to. Um so yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've got a whole bunch of local events and things coming up as well, but maybe we'll uh, we'll come back to that at the end of the show because I, I don't want to take away from the thunder of what we're talking about tonight. Right, exactly. And we've got a really fun show. This is a, I think it's a fun show. I think it's a necessary show. We We have to pull this subject out every few months because we get new people, you know, so often that, that these things need to be restated. So... And, you know, when, we, when we're talking about new people, in case you're wondering, so it's a radio show, they talk about motivational stuff, you know, who are these new people and what is this group? Um, 
we're, Rock and I are part of a group called the Hero Initiative Group, and, and, and the Hero Initiative Group is a nationwide and, and now global group of essentially people, volunteers who are doing work, various types of outreach work to support local communities and, and make their communities a better place. Um, but the Hero Initiative Group is part of a, a loose community that's referred to quite commonly as the real-life superhero community. And uh, in case you're wondering what that is, um, that's really what tonight's show is to talk about, is people who have been in this community for a while to talk about uh, what their perception of the real-life superhero movement is, you know, what it means to them, the kind of work they do, and, and really advice to newcomers into that community about uh, essentially how to stay safe and how to be uh, most effective um, and, you know, really, really how to do good without, uh, without the need to be Batman. <laughs> and you lost half of the real life superhero community, right? I'm kidding. Before we get started, <laughs> does anyone want to get out? Thanks, Kevin. Of course, as ever, we have Nightbug on the soundboards, uh, as you can guess. We do, and Nightbug is. Wow, really? Nightbug? He loves pulling that theme out. Okay, Nightbug is also in the Hero Initiative group, and is joining us this year at the Warrior Dash. So, uh, it's train. No, yes, I'm 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 absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> man a few words, that's why he's man- minding the soundboard for us. So, if you're uh, if you're internet sa- <clears throat> internet savvy, you can find the page now, but I'm going to put it up on my birthday, which is in 2 days. Oh, you know what? And then he's going Wonderful present. Right. I was just going to say he's going to solicit uh, donations from you guys. So, that'd make a great birthday present. Going right for the jugular. Right for the jugular. That's what we do. Yep. And speaking of right for the jugular, should we get started on our topic? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm excited about this one. So, but by the way, Spectre, I've got I've got um some quotes given to to veterans because when we 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 decided to do this show we we wanted to ask veterans we call them veterans you know they're not veterans in the military sense but they're uh people who have been active in the real life superhero community for a number of years not only were we asking the people who are active we asked people who you know who tried to uphold the idea of real life superhero people who aren't you know felons who who aren't deadbeat dads or or abusive or anything like that we we try to talk to people who have been consistently doing something heroic and consistently in the community and who have seen new people come and go we've asked them for their opinions and their advice um, so that we could pass that on to to our new listeners today. Um, whether you're a superhero or not, this advice can apply to you if you want to be more active in your community and if you want to help better your community or serve your community in any way. So, um, and it might just be interesting to you to see what we're talking about with the noobs, like the ones who dress as Batman. <laughs> Specter sitting there going, "Okay." All so. right. <laughs> yeah. I was just, okay. uh, I was just taking off my Batman suit right now and putting my hoodie back on. <laughs> He's like, "I'm done, Rock. That's it. I've you, you put down Batman. We love Batman. Don't get us wrong. If we could all be like Batman and have benefactor and have all the toys and gadgets, I bet we all would be like that. But we can't. 
So, well, it's less the people who dress as Batman that are a problem that the people are who think they are Batman. Or who think they, they should emulate Batman in any way. Right. Um, you want to start with that? I, I think, yeah, and, you know, I think my opinion on, on those people are that um, I, I, there are certainly people out there who get themselves into very bad spots um, by taking unnecessary risks. And, you know, we can we can talk in a minute about the kinds of things they do and why they get into a mess. But, but my general impression is that there are also a lot of people out there who talk about the things that they do that may not necessarily be true and may not be 100% true. And that the reasons why they fabricate some of these stories and, and try to live this kind of fictitious life primarily on, on mediums like Facebook and, and Instagram and social media sites, um, I think the reason why they do that is because they don't really know how to actually be effective at what they're doing. And, and you know, I, I do think there are some people who, who genuinely want to do good. They genuinely want to go out there and make a difference. But really, where do you start? And, you know, the idea of being Batman and swooping down and saving some woman who's having her handbag snatched, it doesn't happen. It certainly doesn't happen very often to me. Um, and uh, but right. there are ways to be more effective, and I think that that's really our goal tonight. Is to if there are people out there who have been, uh, you know, talking a good game, but maybe sitting there thinking, I, I'm not really making much of a difference. I've walked around the street wearing spandex. People have laughed at me a couple of times, and I've I've told a tall story or two on Facebook. Um, there are ways that you can really make a difference, and and you know maybe you'd want to take the spandex off, maybe you want to keep it on. It's that that's your choice. Right. You know, I, I realize that we, we should um, back this up just just a tiny little bit because you're wondering, well, why the hell, what do you guys know about all this? Um, well, um, Spectre and I, like like you said, we're, we've been part of this group and, and we have been out there on patrols. And when we say patrols, uh, we've been out in the middle of the night, out in some really shady neighborhoods, uh, sometimes on foot, sometimes on motorcycle, um, which is what we like to do here in California. And um, what we are is another set of eyes and ears for the police. We don't want, this is just us personally, not everybody operates this way, but we don't necessarily want to be the ones that take down the bad guys or get into the physical altercations. We want to be able to provide a good report for the police. So if we can, of course, if something's going on that needs immediate help, then we assess the situation. We always stress scene safety, personal safety first um because i'm sorry we have families and we want to come home to them at night uh and that's one of the things that we i'd like to start off with i'd like to say know your strengths play to your strengths if you are alone i'm not sure that the best thing you can do is to patrol alone at night unless it's absolutely just to be observational right because you know know, we've i've been in i guess i've been in various teams from a very large one a few years ago to where we would have typically nine to 12 people. And, and you know, I, I guess to maybe just back up a little bit on that, though, to, you know, when, when we talk about what a, and, and in quotes, a real-life superhero actually does or a team of these RLSH, as we call them, actually does, um, you know, I think there are different aspects. There's, there's certainly a big aspect of outreach and community work, and, and that's typically in the form of um, food drives and, uh, you know, coat drives in the winter, feeding the homeless, handing out supplies to the homeless. Um, and that typically goes hand-in-hand hand with 
various types of public safety patrols. And I know, Rob, you do a lot of uh, needle pickups and have been hugely successful at um, used needle pickups, picking up hypodermic needles that have been used by, by uh, drug addicts in, in San Francisco. Right. And getting those off the streets so that we don't end up with kids, you know, pricking themselves on a on a dirty needle and picking up some awful disease. Um, so yeah, you know, we we do various aspects of that. We've also been involved in crime patrols as well, and that can be everything from a missing child that the police are looking for and putting up flyers to try to find that child. It can be a, a known criminal in the area and putting up flyers to raise awareness and handing out flyers to the local communities to try to raise awareness and, and have them essentially shop that criminal into the police and then have them caught. <clears throat> We've also uh, been actively out um, doing self-defense seminars as well. We had uh, a lot of success in, in the New York area a couple of years ago where there were a number of hate crimes against the, the gay community in New York, and we held a, a number of, of self-defense seminars free in, in public parks designed to teach people who were at the in these at-risk communities to be able to at least have the confidence to defend themselves and, and know the basics about you know what to do if you are attacked you know what do you shout you know what, what direction do you run in and you know what, what's the best way to react um, so you know I, I think those are probably the key areas and and when we're talking about patrols um, <laughs> yeah, when we're talking about patrols, I, I just saw Vector in the uh, in the chat room say "what up," which made me laugh there as I was halfway through the thought. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say, you know, we I, I've I've been in these a large group. I've been to the point where I've been the only one in in an active member of a team at times when the uh, numbers of volunteers have dwindled, as as they always will in in volunteer groups. And we've always had a rule that you never go out on your own. And I have to say, I, I, I've broken that rule on occasion. It was kind of stupid, but kind of necessary. Um, but as a general rule, we never go out in a team of one. You know, you always need somebody to watch your back. And it can be as simple as if you see someone who needs first aid and, and you're going to give that person first aid, who, who's watching your back? Who's making sure that you don't get mugged or, you know, something doesn't happen to you while, you, while you're administering that first aid? Absolutely. That has to do with good positioning, you know, and awareness. And like you said, if you're giving someone first aid, you know, you might be in a good position to help them, but you're in a bad position to help yourself and you're in a bad position to be aware of what's going on around you. So, um, you guys, if you get, if you have a pen and paper, I would take notes because we're going to give you a lot of what you should do and a lot of what you could do and a lot of what you shouldn't do. A lot of this is common sense, but you may hear things that you never thought of before that you want to write down so that tomorrow morning you won't forget, you know, what you heard tonight. Um, you know, we've got a couple of callers online. Uh, and, and remember, if you do call in and you want to talk to us, make sure you press that one because otherwise we know that you're just listening. And that's great. We don't mind if you're just kind of hanging out to listen. But we do have a caller that, that does want to talk right now. Should we bring him on for a minute? Because I think I recognize this person. What do you think, Spectre? I would love to hear from them. All right. Welcome, caller. I think we know who this is, and I believe that he qualifies as one of our veteran real-life superheroes. That would be Dusk Citizen. Oh, sweet. I was wondering if it was going to be me. Hello. There you go. Hey, Dusk. Now, 
Dusk has been in the New York area doing really good things. He uh, runs a group called Beacon, and uh, Beacon is great for charities and for introducing uh, new people to the real-life superhero movement. So thanks for joining us, Dusk. We appreciate that. Anytime. Anytime I can get some nice free publicity. That's always great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So what would you, if you had two minutes in an elevator with a new RLSH, what would you tell them first? Oh, probably in those two minutes I would end up just talking about myself and then go past two minutes and then realize we missed our floor and then the next floor after that and then probably been on this elevator for a half hour before I realized that. But if I were to actually get to the (laughs) main part of all of that and eventually talk about everything else, I would say that, you know, it's about the community. It's about doing what's best for the community and, you know, always being aware of what's going on, always looking to help others. And like you guys were saying earlier, don't go out and be Batman because, you know, I mean, I was upset I had to take off my Batman costume and everything because <laughs> I was prepared to talk about being Batman, but then yeah, you dropped yeah. that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's uh, not about being Batman, uh, as unfortunate as that is. It is about, and as it could be as big as, you know, running some uh, food drive or running a big event or just helping those around you in your neighborhood. I mean, I know a lot of people who have a lot of RLSH and they take just as much pride in helping a neighbor or helping anybody fix a flat tire as they would if they held an entire event doing stuff. And it's about, you know, that pride in the work and showing that to others, showing that good work to others. You know, that I've I've got to touch on that. That's a really important point that I was hoping to bring up, but now that you brought that up, you can't a lot of people try to compartmentalize this. They try to say, Well, you know what? When I put on the mask, I'm the best person. You know what? Knock that off. Be the best person you can be wherever you are because if you're a jerk in real life, I'm sorry to tell you, I don't care what kind of mask you put on or how good you act. When you're trying to be the RLSH, your jerkiness is going to come through whether you have a mask on or not. So when Dusk says even helping a neighbor or helping with a flat tire, that's awesome. Are you kidding me? That, that person will never forget that act of kindness. That's heroic. So that's a really great point. Thank yeah, you. I'm hey, you're welcome. But, yeah, I uh, wanted to, you know, I work. I do admin work with Nightbug, which I want to say happy early birthday. Um, I do admin work for the RLSH Recruit Center Facebook group, which is basically just uh, getting all kinds of people who are RLSH or even remotely interested, and, you know, they can go in there and ask questions or just be like, you know, I want to start, what should I do, or even if it's something like I need you know, give me some costume ideas or name idea or what can I do to help my community? And I've noticed, you know, you can get people across the spectrum. You get the, you know, Batman wannabe ninja lanties that run around and are like, you know, sometimes you get that. It's actually been a lot less. And recently, and I don't know if this is because of the usual influx of superhero movies, like every time there's a bunch of them that come out at once, then you notice all these new guys come out of the woodwork, 
but recently there's been an influx as every year. And this time it's not necessarily full of ninjalantes. This time it's actually full of people who actively are seeking out assistance from us, people who have been doing this for a while, from us veterans, and from others to just be like, hey, I want to get started, and I don't know what to do. And that's kind of how I started out. I was just came on, made a got you know I learned about the community, did some homework on it, and then I made a Facebook group. Uh, Facebook came on, and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Can somebody help me, please? And that's how I ended up, you know, connecting with Dark Guardian, who is actually how I found out about the community because I saw a news report on him. And when I, you know, connected with him, I learned a lot more than I did just going into it, knowing, you know, the MySpace pages that were around at the time when I started. So, you know, I kind of, I learned as I went. And each year there was always like a drastic change to what I did or more, mostly it's more to what I did like that. I remember those first like couple of months I started was me walking around in the ridiculous spandex, walking around my neighborhood alone, just trying to find something to do. And then it took me teaming up with other people who've been around. I teamed up with Dark Guardian, I've teamed up with Master Legend, Purple Lotus, Life, a bunch of people like from all over. And each time I did, I learned a lot from them. I learned, you know, how to perform handouts. And I've learned other things to do for the community. It's not just running around looking for a crime to fight. It is helping out everybody to a point where it even became that me not wearing a costume, me going out in normal clothes. Every time I left my house, I was basically on some kind of patrol or I always have stuff on me to hand out if need be. I'm sorry. I, I got to stop you right there because that's an important point and I don't want, I don't want, uh, didn't want it to get lost real quick. Vector and I were talking about this and uh, in the chat room right now, uh, Vector is saying you're always on stage. Isn't that true? Dusk, you're, you're pretty much, if you say you're an RLSH, you're always on stage. So you should oh, act yeah. like it. I'm always in character for the most part. You know, like I like to I like to believe that this is something that is serious as it is. You should have fun with it because in essence we are a bunch of people running around in superhero costumes doing good work for the most part. <laughs> so, you know, have fun with it. Make a persona, make a character, have fun with it. That's what Dusk is. He's a character. And he's he's me, but there is a distinct difference from who I am and who Dusk as a character is. So, you know, always have fun with it, and that does help out a lot, too, when it comes to, like, having an event. You're not just standing there droning on and on about the good stuff to do and all that. You are, you know, hey, I'm this character, and I can have fun with this. And, you know, for a good example is in um, November 9th, I'm having an event at a children's hospital in New York. And, you know, it's open invitation. Anybody who wants to volunteer, just contact me and, you know, I'll put them in. But, you know, it's an event at a children's hospital. We're going to be working with a bunch of kids and teenagers. It's like from kids to teenagers. And we're going there with a bunch of stuff like foam, masks, things they can decorate and make their own superhero persona. And it's like times like that that having a character works. You know, having that idea of a character 
character that can have fun and isn't trying to be Batman or isn't just standing there droning on because you're also dealing with the kids and you're trying to pass a message on, you know, it does help in that case that the world is your stage. Right, right. That's that's a, a really good point, especially the having fun. Um, what do you think about that, Spectre? I think the having fun is, is one of the most important things you can do out here. Oh, man, yeah, I agree. And, you know, so, so Dusk and I uh, are regulars in the New York area as well. We do... Uh, uh, we, we've actually started, I guess, a month ago now, a regular Thursday evening homeless handout. And uh, you know what? I, I, I think people kind of, I, I, I guess that there are two aspects of how people visualize this kind of work. There are people who think it is all glamorous and we're, you know, we're, we're out there fighting crime. And, you know, possibly the, the younger audience might believe that, whereas uh, <laughs> possibly the rest of the people think uh, all we're doing is trudging around Manhattan with a huge bag of uh, stuff to give out to homeless people and, uh walking several miles before we even find anyone half the time to to give anything out to. And and that that's definitely a, a version of, of the reality. But actually, you know, on the other hand, you're walking around a really awesome city, you're walking around with really awesome people, you know, chatting away about putting the world to rights. And, uh, you know, there, there are worth and, you know, doing good at the same time in helping people. So, uh, right. you know, I, as much as uh, as much as what we do may not be glamorous, it definitely is fun, and, and I, I certainly enjoy it. We've uh, we've got another caller on. Dusk, you're welcome to stay on board while we're uh, talking and throwing your two cents, but I think they've been holding uh, for a while. So uh, we're going to go ahead and bring this other caller on, and Dusk, you can hang out with us as long as you want. Not a problem. I'll be here if you need me. Sounds good. Welcome, caller from the 813. Who's this? This is Artist Roy. Well, hello there, sir. Thank you for calling. Thank you, too, for holding. Uh, This is... (laughs) This is Artist Roy. I've been enjoying Gus' story. Yes, Gus is very entertaining. Gus... uh, Dusk is very entertaining. Um, this is yes, for those of you who, who don't know. Artistory Gadgeteer is from the Florida area, right? That is correct. And, Florida. and has been at this. In fact, he's a uh, he's armored a bunch of people in in you know all the years that that I've been on here. He's uh, he's the guy to go to when you want some gadgets made for your you know some gear stuff for sure. So. Um, so what yeah, about actually, you? Uh, Dusk, uh, Dusk has my first gadget. Uh, the very first thing I ever built was for Dusk. Yes. So, uh, wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that was awesome until it broke because I'm very irresponsible with toys. Wow. But, uh, and, that, and that's kind of the that's kind of the problem whenever you're making things out of bits and scraps and stuff is they're uh, you know they're, they're not manufacturer level. But at least they're made by someone who cares and understands what you're doing. If you tried to go and have half of this gear made out there, someone would go, "What are you? Are you going to go shoot up a theater or something with this? Why do you? Why do you need this stuff?" Which is another point. Exactly. I I still get requests for uh, grappling guns and um, flamethrowers and all sorts of crazy nonsense. Right. So uh, you know it it still it still goes on and uh, you know I I, I try to steer these uh, these younger kids away from 
away from the weapons and toward uh, stuff that is more uh, utilitarian, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, <laughs> I blanked out. Uh, <laughs> people shouldn't shouldn't really carry weapons. They should carry, like, first aid kits and that sort of thing. You know, well, I'm uh, just going to throw out there then. I mean, may, can I throw out to the floor and maybe, I don't know, maybe everyone can have a go around the circle on this one. But, uh, what you know, what would you say in terms of the kind of work that we as a community do is the most important gadget that you would, uh, you know, you would not want to do without? A first aid kit. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I've I've been out uh, on patrol uh, many times. I have never needed a weapon. It's not the first time. I have never needed my armor, not once. Uh, But I have used my first aid kit on several occasions. And uh, jumper cables. That's probably my most used gadget is jumper cables, to tell you the truth. So um, uh, I do a lot of road road patrols here in in the Florida area. So it, it comes up. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, think about it. Someone's on the way to work or on the way to an interview, and this has happened, and uh, I know somebody, you know, on our team who did that. They just stopped to help this lady who was actually stopped in a very uh, dangerous part of the road and and helped that person out get to a more safe area and help them get help. Now, she was completely overwhelmed that somebody would actually take the time to do that. So you can't tell me that's not heroic. That's not needed, you know. um oh. You know, if everybody did it every day, sure, it wouldn't be heroic. It's what we should be doing. But since we don't do that every day, I, you know. I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. So um, if you had two minutes to, to give uh, your your elevator speech to a new RLSH, what would you tell them? Uh, well, I, I would tell them mostly that they need to study a lot. They need to talk to the veterans and listen to what the veterans have, have done and don't think that they know everything and just listen to the people who have been doing this for years and, and let them tell you how to proceed and how to function uh, in this uh, in this crazy endeavor that we're doing. There you go. And, and I think that's absolutely, uh, in my notes here, the first thing I wrote down was listen and yeah, take notes. Absolutely. Because if there had, yeah, when I came out, there were not really a lot of women out there who were still actively doing this or who could tell me, yeah, um, if you're going to go out, maybe try wearing this. Don't try wearing that if you're going out on patrol or, uh, you know, try to hook up with this community member. Um, Nobody, nobody said that. So I, you know, I'm glad that we and and those of you who don't know, Artie has a. uh, page it's called the RLSH, Re- RLSH Recruit and Welcome Center page, and it's just what it says. It's it's for new people who come in and they go, what the heck do I do? Where do I go? That's a great place to find um, advice and tidbits yes. and to learn. Yes. Yeah, but you got to listen. Yes, uh, you got to have open ears. <laughs> yeah, can, can I just ask there as ago. well? You, you mentioned listening. Um, is there you know is there one piece of advice or a number of pieces of advice that you were given when you were on that journey? You know, at the very beginning, that uh, that really resonated that you'd want to share with any newcomers. Uh, let's see, who me? Uh, well, you know, I, whenever I first started out, I was running with Master Legend and Superhero. So I was running with some real pros here, and uh, so I was I was pretty much just keeping my head down and watching what they were doing. 
so uh, uh, I, I think that's probably good advice right there. Find a mentor. Find someone who's already doing this and work with them and emulate probably the best advice I could get right there. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, that uh, because they can teach you, you know, you can learn both from them. You can learn some good habits. You might even see some bad habits that you don't want to copy, and that's really important. I, I don't, I, I see, and I have to bring this up, I see a lot of this, what people call the blue line mentality. Just because someone's a fellow RLSH, no one wants to call them out for doing something really dangerous or stupid. You know, so, and and I think that's dangerous. Yeah, yeah, and that's just as dangerous as as it is to, you know, you're you're giving your approval on stupid behavior that that could hurt somebody. So, um, This this is correct also. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's sad, but it's true. It's 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 this mentality that hey, you're a brother in in arms. You're a. It's true, but also as human beings, we have to know when when to call out a brother in arms and go, hey, this is a. That's not okay to do. That's you know. That's that's not that's that could be detrimental <laughs> to people on the team to yourself. So, if yeah, you're a noob, true. yeah, if you're a noob, remember, you know, you just got to do the right thing first, and and. Um, don't lie. <laughs> don't lie about things. Don't make things up either. I think that's we see a lot of that. Yeah, don't there, was, we? there was a lot of that whenever I first joined. There was there was people that were just coming out of the woodwork uh, on the old uh, RLSH.net dot uh, net page, and mm-hmm. they were just everywhere. They were just making up all kinds of crap. And I was like, what the hell is this? You know. So and then I I I, I was very cautious about who I was listening to at that time. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people will. I we've seen that, right, Dusk? We've seen uh, some embellished stories. I, I think people are doing it just to try to gain some instant street cred, you know, um, with their peers. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I think it is. I've yeah. um, I've taken in like a few uh, new guys, like when they come and they join, they're like, "Hey, I'm interested." Sometimes my name gets thrown around when people are like, oh, talk to this person or, you know, I'll even just like, I'll, you know, be scrolling through Facebook or wherever and I'll see like, oh, I'm interested in this or, you know, oh, I've been looking up this and I'll be the first to message them and be like, hey, listen, so I've, I've mentor, I've been mentoring like two or three newer people have been coming in and just kind of like, you know, they're a ways away, you know, one of them is in Florida, and a few of them are in other places where, so I'm just like, all right, I can give you advice, help you, if you have any questions, ask me, but I'm also the first to call somebody out, like, I'll listen to your story, if, you know, if you have something that sounds convincing, if it sounds like it's legitimate, fine, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, and I'll believe you, but the second there is, you know, hard evidence to make me think you've been lying to me, then I'll speak up against that, I'll say, you know, this isn't cool. And my first advice to everybody that comes in is be honest. You know, there's no need telling people when you are, you know, 15, 16, that you've been doing this for 10 years and that you've (laughs) taken out every drug lord in your area or that, you know, you know, don't, don't waste my time. Don't waste any of our time because we are people actively looking to help others. 
So I will sit there and I'll listen to your story. And then at the end of your story, if I'm like, listen, you do not, this isn't true. You know this. I know this. And it's the kind of people that's like, if they keep that behavior up, then I will, you know, I'll call them out and then I'll cut them out. And I'll be like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to enable your behavior, but I'm also not going to not tell everybody because that's the first thing I will do is say, you know, this person is going around saying this. I'm, you know, blocking them or I'm unfriending them or whatever. I'm not going to talk to them, but you guys do you. And there are a few people that come in like that. But then, you know, it's the opposite of that you have a lot of people come in and are genuine in their approach and are actively looking to help people and looking to make things better, make their community better, or, you know, just help out. And that's really what's important in finding people to work with, finding people who want to make that change and want to be a part of that. Um, you know, I got to – here's the thing. If you're new, and and there's been a lot of this lately, just these past few days. I don't know what's been going on, but there's been a lot of people being busted for uh, telling untruths, big untruths. There's a page out there, um, and a few of us are involved in it, called Project Wide Awake. <laughs> and uh, Project Wide Awake, even if some people don't approve of it, it is a page where if someone – notices that you're either blatantly lying or you're spouting dangerous stuff or, uh, you know, there there are a whole bunch of different criteria that you have to meet in order to be submitted to um, Project Wide Awake. But basically, if someone busts you out and they can anonymously send a screen cap of whatever you're saying that's harmful or delusional under the name, under the title of RLSH, and they send it to Project Wide Awake, a few people have to vote on this and check it out to make sure that it's legitimately, that 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 is really what you're putting out there. And then it gets posted on Project Wide Awake as something that needs to be watched. So, yes, everybody's watching you. So even if you put something out there that's you know crazy and you think you can delete it five minutes from now, be careful. Somebody will screen cap that. And you'll be known, uh, you know, super. there are supervillains out there. And even if you think supervillains, what do they do? They rob banks? No, no. Actually, these supervillains exist to try to keep the superheroes in line and keep them, you know, honest. Because if you're going to say that you... Right, there, there are some really great supervillains out there. If you're going to say that you fly and you can walk through walls, a supervillain's really going to call you out. So yeah. just be prepared. Or you better have a video of you flying or walking through walls and really astound all of us. Like, that's what I'm waiting for. The person that comes on is like, hey, listen, I have all these powers. My first thing I say is, listen, if you're going around saying it, show me a video. Somebody said they had these powers and I'm like show me a video and the video was them like standing in their yard playing with like their pets and I'm like that has nothing to do with you, what you were telling me you know <laughs> if I could fly I'd be like hey guys I'll take like a freaking GoPro and then fly around and be like look at this this is awesome you know I, I'd go and I'd be like look at all this so if you're going around saying you have these powers fine 
back it up. Show me show me the video where you're demonstrating these powers. Because quite honestly, I'd love to see it. Right. <laughs> In in our chat room, Vector Vector saying uh, accountability is what uh, supervillains it equals supervillains is they're trying to keep you accountable. So, uh, of course. Yeah. So Artie and and Specter, uh, God, I'm sure we have a ton of uh, advice to give out. I, somebody did PM me because I asked some of our um our our tried and true years and years in the making superheroes out there to give me a couple of things that they'd want to uh, share in. Um, one of them, and I really like this, this person's remaining anonymous, is live your life, your real life properly. And to that end, they're saying don't be, because there are real life superheroes out there who call themselves real life superheroes, and yet there are dead fathers. There are alkies who post craziness. People who stalk minors, wife abusers, and sociopaths. So if you're going to put on the title of real-life superhero, the advice from this person is to live your real life properly. Yes, absolutely. I agree 100%. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, and I, I see that a lot. Not so much anymore, uh, but earlier on there were some... Uh, some shadier persons that uh, were trying to claim the title of superhero, I, I, I don't know, first status, I, I guess, was their motivation. Uh, but they were obviously not good guys. And uh, and you know, maybe I just don't see them now because I've blocked most of them. But, uh, but you know, they're, they're used, at one point there was some there was some creeps out there. Yeah, <laughs> you just you just have to pay, and that's what happens when you listen. You can tell the creeps right away from the uh, <laughs> from the people who yeah, are actually and then, doing. And that's and then of course that's why we have Project Wide Awake now, so uh, so that we can point out the creeps basically. And right. You, you know what as well. I um one thing that <clears throat> that always bugs me is is we see time and time again some young uh, real life superhero types saying. Uh, you know, I'm really worried that my friends are going to find out what I do or my parents are going to find out my secret identity and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and I thought it was worth kind of clarifying on this show that a lot of us use these pseudonyms. You know, my name, my real name isn't Spectre, believe it or not. I don't think my co-host is really called Rock and Roll either. But uh, um, Oh, you well, shut your mouth. That's my true name. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> But we, uh, you know, we typically use these pseudonyms because we have families and, you know, we don't. And, and you know, for me, I'm a, an immigrant going through an immigration process. The last thing I want is the uh, immigration service <laughs> finding out the, the kind of uh, stuff I'm dealing with. That, you know, they, they get funny if you've been involved in it. I, I had a friend who had issues with his green card because he was in a volleyball club. I mean, come on. The last wow. thing you want to be is identified with a, a bunch of spandex-wearing crazies. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Uh, my 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 take on this whole, uh, as we call it, coming out of the phone booth and and you know revealing your your so-called secret identity, is why would you care? I mean, if if all you're doing is is helping people in your local community, being a good person that people look up to, um, and and doing things in a safe and responsible way, then what issue would would you have with your friends or your family or your parents knowing? You know this this secret identity that you've created, and I mean honestly, if the if the worst thing that they're going to think about you is that you wear a costume, and the first <laughs> the first idea that they've got of you wearing a costume is now, then they must be pretty blind because you know I, I should imagine the people doing this have probably been doing it for a while. Um, so you know, to me, uh, there's really no big deal about revealing who you are. I, I don't think it's uh, a huge risk. 
Yeah, on that note, I, um, I've been doing this for five years, and in my first year, I was like, oh, no, secret identity, blah, 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 blah. But then I was like, by the time, like, my second year when I started going to college, I was like, maybe I should start telling people because I, it was only, like, me, it was me, at the time it was me, Dark Guardian, and Blindside, and then at the time there was the New York Initiative, and a few of those guys would occasionally come out, and... You know, it's kind of like this on and off again thing. But I'm like, there could be more of us. So how can I find more people to do it? So then I realized, what if I just started telling people what I do and in, like, the most positive, non-crazy, hey, I like to go out in a superhero costume and save the day away. And I was like, well, let me try this. And I got a couple of friends who I was just like, I trust. And I was like, listen, this is what I do. Do you guys want to join me on this? You know, we're just going to walk around. We have, like, I have a bag of stuff that we give out if we see anybody. And if we see something, we call the police or we do something. And that's kind of how I built up a few of the beginnings of my partnerships uh, that I've had, the many I've had over the time. And at first it was like, okay, there's one of us. Okay, there's two of us. And then back in, like, 2011, I decided, well, I was like, well, there's three of us. And that kind of constitutes as a team. And so I put together Beacon, which I eventually was like, okay, we're going to focus on, you know, making the community a better place, making, going out and doing the stuff, handing out what we need to. And, you know, the roster was never this big, you know, oh, it was seven percent. It was, if you want to join and volunteer as costume or not, you volunteer and you join us. I was never, you know, picky about that. I never intended to you know, be like, you need a costume and there needs to be these code names. That was never my intention. So, you know, I came out of the, you know, superhero phone booth and I sat and I told a bunch of people. And But when I was in college, I went around from uh, club to club. Um, the dude that sent out our NYPIRG, which I worked with there, um, they did a lot of different community service things from uh, uh, fighting against fracking and uh, they did a lot of homeless stuff. And uh, another group that was uh, Staten Island Hillel, which was this um, Jewish group that did a lot of work for the community. And so I went to them, and I told them what I do, and they loved the whole idea. They loved the character. They loved the concept of the superheroes going out and helping. And I got a lot of them behind me of, like, you know, giving, donating to the cause, donating to Beacon, and through that, I got more people who wanted to actively be involved than a few people actually wanted to put on a costume and join. And because of that, I kind of built up Beacon into a bigger group than what it started. And all that is because I took the mask off and I told people what I do and I didn't just hide. I never hid it. You know, I flat out told people who I knew it would, you know, help me help other people. It was like, hey, if I tell you this, you know, will you help me in some way, whether it's donating or one of our benefactors gives us, she coupons regularly and she gives us like a bunch of different places so we can go out and buy and, you know, all the people that, even if they help just by sharing a link to our uh, GoFundMe page, all of that was because I took off the mask and I said, you know, hey, I do this. And now sometimes when I do handouts, I don't even wear a mask. I wear this dusk shirt and I wear my colors and you know because it does stand out as a superhero costume it's enough to get people to look and then I tell them what I do and I get more people interested and that's helped me out a lot just removing the mask and saying hey this is what I do
That is, that's a good way to do it. I mean, the math can attract attention. You know, if you're, what do they say? You can work at a soup kitchen for 15 years, you put out a mask, and suddenly somebody wants to know what you're doing, why you're doing it. So it it can help, but, right. So, um, you know, I've got some some more uh, tips to share from other uh, from veteran RLSH, and in our in our um, it's great because in our chat room we've got we've got uh, Vector saying um, some advice that he's given, and this is really important because I wanted to touch on this and uh, new let's see co- concerning costumes. This is really important, guys. And and nobody agrees on this, but there are things to consider. New folks also need to consider not looking like a scary nightmare to scare away evildoers. That's not very safe or inspiring. It's just scary. If you look up um, several of the mass shooting um, suspects uh, and see what they were wearing at the time, many of them were wearing military garb or things that looked like that looked very threatening. Now, if you're going to walk up and down the street with, you know, um, these just, well, military items, and I know you need to be protected, but you've really got to take into consideration what that protection looks like to the average Joe who doesn't know a damn thing about real-life superheroes. As well as cops. As well as cops. (laughs) Come on. We've all seen... You know, uh, as Victor says, even a person wearing a surgical mask on a subway will draw odd looks and funky feelings. So consider the emotional impact on your audience. And this is the truth. I mean, there, you know, you see somebody walking in wearing uh, complete armor. What are you going to think that their intentions are? Right. And you, you right. know what, as well, I mean, and I'm going to do a shameless plug here, but uh, Nation of Heroes Episode 2, which was. Uh, a documentary that was released a couple of weeks ago featuring the Legacy Initiative, and it clearly showed a bunch of people. And, you know, the Legacy Initiative don't dress up in costumes for their homeless outreach. They wear T-shirts with a logo on. You know, that that's the extent of, of them dressing up. They're just jeans and T-shirts kind of people. And they're walking down the street doing a homeless outreach and get shamelessly hassled by the cops who who are giving them grief you know the cops stop them on the sidewalk and then complain that they're blocking the sidewalk and things like that and you know these are people dressed normally trying to give food to homeless people imagine the response of the police if you're wearing spandex and a mask and you know look like something from a halloween parade it, it it's just you're not doing yourself any favors really no, now, I I totally I totally agree with that too uh team justice has uh t-shirts that we wear uh, when we go places and we're doing a group function, uh, you know, unless we're doing a media event, we usually don't wear our costume. Right, and that's that's how we feel too. You know, though, on the other side of that coin, there is a team out there of people that I really like and respect who um, do wear costumes, and they go out every weekend. Now, what they do, and, and let's be let's be true about this, they're uh, a good deterrent. Um, because if you see what they, we used to live in San Diego for a few years, Bug and I, and the areas that they're patrolling in are infamous for, you know, after bar party fights. I mean, you know, people get too drunk out there in the gas lamp and around there, and then you're, you know, you're breaking up a lot of fights at night. Um, so, and they go out in a big group, and, and it's the ex jail. And like I said, we have dear friends in the ex jail. Um, 
we worry about them because when you do put on the mask and you do put on the the costume, you are a target. Luckily, that they are getting pretty well known in their area for what they do. Um, we we always pray, yeah, I, I pray uh, that they stay safe and that people don't get to know them for you know things that they they. I mean, if you you piss off the wrong person, it's not going to be hard to find who you are because you're always going to be out there walking around in that same costume. So there is the other side of the coin to that. If they piss off the wrong people, you know, then they're an easy target. But right now what they're doing so far works. So you really have to weigh the pros and cons of wearing a costume and and going out there and what your costume says to the, I mean, if you're a drunk guy and you see somebody walking up with a costume, I don't know. (laughs) What's the first thing you're going to think? Yeah. And I should point out, I've, I've told this story a few times. It's not a great story. Um, but the pre-Hero Initiative, um, I went out with a team of four people, myself included, um, in San Francisco. And we broke up into two teams, and the two guys went one way. We went the other way. And the other team, one of the guys had basically kind of a sort of fright mask thing going on with a huge grin type of mask, kind of scary looking I don't remember what the other guy had. I think it was a ski mask or something very close to one. And um, we didn't get harassed. And those guys got actually stopped by the cops and asked to take their masks off. And they cited some some law that said you can't wear masks. I still haven't been able to find that law. But it just goes towards pointing out that they'll, they'll pull you over sometimes. They'll ask you questions. They're within their right. They're within their right. I mean, it's it's, it's suspicious. Yeah. Um, I think the only actual law is you, if you wear a mask in committing a crime, it ups the offense. So that's important to consider. But um, in any event, don't expect to go out wearing something funky looking and not get harassed by law enforcement. Or, or people. Or other people. Yeah. Or worse. That's why I chose the... Uh, you know friendly. what, well, I, I mean, to me, and, and I've, got, I've also got a lot of respect for the XJL. I think, you know, the, the work they do is, is phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think you can see the evolution of, you know, particularly if you look at Mr. Extreme's costume, how it came on from essentially a Kevlar vest and a helmet and some safety goggles through to what he wears now. And, you know, you can almost see uh, the utilitarian aspect of what it was originally and how that evolved. And, you know, I, I think... Um, I, I definitely, depending on the area I'm going to, but most of the time when I do any kind of work, when it's late at night, I'll wear a Kevlar vest. You know, it costs me 100 bucks on eBay. It's uh, bulletproof and stab-proof. Why would you not wear it? And it's lightweight. I can wear it under my clothes. Um, it doesn't draw attention to me, but it's a good safety aspect. And, you know, similarly, there are things people wear, gloves and, uh, you know, arm braces, things like that, that, uh, you know, just makes sense um, in terms of, either self-defense or just general safety, I think. Well, Artie, didn't you just have a discussion like this regarding, uh, you know, gear and and costuming on the Real Life Superhero Welcome and Recruit page? Uh, Yeah, I just uh, had one recently about armor. That's uh, it, yeah. Because I was getting a lot of of questions about armor and stuff, and people were like, I need to get full riot gear before I can hit the streets. And I'm like, no, no, you don't. Oh, my. No, you don't. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, I'm like, you know, and I can understand having a few light pieces of armor. You know, 
like I said, I've never needed my armor. Uh, you know, I'm not exactly in, like, the, the most dangerous area in the world, of course. You know, here in sunny Florida, it's pretty it's pretty peaceful most of the time, you know. Uh, but I, I, I do, whenever I'm going uh, out at, late at night to feed the homeless, I, I wear my, uh, my forearm bracers and my shin guards and stuff like that because, you know, if something's going to happen, most likely a drunk is going to take a swing at me or kick me in the shin. So I want to be right. protected there. Uh, right. But, you know, I, I don't wear uh, a bulletproof vest. Uh, and I know that a lot of a lot of the RLSH do wear bulletproof vests, but I don't know that anyone has ever been shot at in the entire history of the RLSH. So I don't know that even a bulletproof vest is actually necessary. So, right. Uh, That's true. You know, Not it's, one it's just that, I mean, you can look at the look at the odds of what has actually happened to us. People have, you know, taken swings at other people. So, you know, some light guard for that would be good. Uh, and uh, I would say that maybe somebody's been swung at with a knife. Maybe I don't know personally, but you know, I've heard rumors that it's happened. Uh, and uh, so maybe you might need some, uh, you know, like some butcher's nail or something like that. But right. realistically, that's probably as far as you really need to go. And, you know, even that is, is something that you're going to need, you know, uh, one time in a thousand. So, you know, uh, just, you know, yeah, just, just kind of be, uh, uh, kind of be realistic about it. Uh, basically, if, if you can walk down the street, uh, in the daylight, you can usually do it at nighttime too. Uh, if you're going to the bar scene, you know there, there might be some drunks around or something like that. Yeah, and uh, and they they get a little rowdy. Um, maybe somebody will throw a beer bottle at you. Uh, but usually, it's not going to go much further than that. Usually. Yeah, uh, you know, I, 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 would... I don't really want to say. You know, I, I, really, I don't really want to put that out there because somebody will say, "Oh, are you? We don't need any." any and then somebody will get shot. <laughs> you know? Right. So that would right. be bad. But, uh, you know, use your brain. Yeah. Well, you know, I am guilty of of telling someone recently, you know, if you're going to go put yourself in harm's way, then maybe you might think about um, a light. They're expensive, though. You know, a 3A vest, a light enough one to wear, you know, uh, is expensive. Um and if you don't get the good ones, yeah, they're really thick and really, really uncomfortable to walk around in. Um, I wouldn't say you're guilty. I, well, I, I, I did. <laughs> for suggesting that. I did suggest that because <laughs> I was thinking if you're going to put yourself in harm, if you're going to be in the shady parts of town, yeah, you know, it wouldn't hurt to have one. But you're right. You can do this stuff depending on what you're doing yeah. out there. I, I would I would point out, too, um, and you remember you were there, we both, acted as uh, neutral security for Occupy Oakland right? back in the day. The one we, place where someone actually did get shot and killed. Some, someone actually got shot right. on the night we weren't there. On the night we weren't there. And, but both of us wore vests the whole time. Um, and it's a, it's, it's, the adage is true. It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have and it. And that is Oakland. Come on. That's, that's Oakland. <laughs> Let's get we are talking about Oakland, California. If you're not familiar with Oakland, California, look it look up. It up. <laughs> look up the yeah. Raiders. Yeah. Uh, there it is. Um, but but you're right. It, it's it's 
it's important to know because if you're if you're out there doing homeless outreach, it's it's not as necessary to do you know uh, any of that. Besides that, if you're geared up that way, you might scare someone. You know, again, um, and uh, speaking of laws, I think one of you were mentioning you know what you can wear, the masks. Uh, I think that's an important thing we haven't even touched on tonight. With know your local laws. If if I asked you right now, Artie, can you carry a taser where you are? Do you know if you can or can't leave? I can because I have a uh, CCW permit. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, you are actually not allowed to carry any types of weapons in Florida without a permit unless it is openly displayed. And yeah. then uh, and then there are restrictions on what types of weapons that you can carry that are right, openly see? displayed. Now, that's so if, important. If you've got a taser and you stick it in your pocket, you're in trouble. So. See, see, now that you could get in trouble for. A lot of new noobs go out there and they carry swords. Right. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, we've seen <laughs> it. We've insane. seen it with videos. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's not good. Yeah, um, the thing is, you know, and, and they get this from the movies and the comic books and stuff, and and they think, okay, we're real-life superheroes, and they don't hear the real-life part. They just hear the superhero part. Right, and they go, oh well, I've got to have my flamethrowers and my my killbots and my uh, you know my swords and oh my stars, god, you know because because there's a supervillain coming, you know, and it's the it's the Nazi frogman story that superheroes tell so often, so you know, right. and and that's what they think it is because you know they're young and they're impressionable, and that, right. that was one of the reasons that I wanted to start the uh, the Welcome Center was to give them real information. And, uh, you know, we're, we're working now to uh, put together a, a youth version of the Welcome Center so that we can uh, kind of point them toward training and uh, good citizenship and less about patrol. So, uh, right. you know, and, and I'm trying to find a, a couple of good co-hosts for that. And mm-hmm. I know Rock and Roll, she said that she would co-host for me. And I'm still looking for a second, and she recommended Spectre. Oh man, so, uh, <laughs> she does that. <laughs> I do. So if you if you would uh, if you would if you would want to, I will uh, I will set up the group um, probably this weekend and uh, set you guys up as admin if you want. So there you go. Brilliant. Yeah, put him on the spot right on the air. I love it. <laughs> brilliant. There you go. <laughs> And I don't want to seem like I'm changing the subject, (laughs) which would be good timing, but uh, we've actually got a couple of questions that I wanted to to throw in from the chat room of people who have been waiting. uh, And we've got a whole load of people in the chat room. It's good to see everyone in there tonight. We've got Misfit, which uh, I'm glad we were nice about Misfit earlier on. uh, Yeah, we were talking about you earlier, lady, because we like you. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to plug the the warrior dash again in a minute but uh so vector was was saying in there um uh what about helping the community help themselves i.e starting a neighborhood watch or just meeting your neighbors and then joseph green here said i've seen a lot of success in outreach and crime deterrence how successful do you guys feel you've impacted the people you've encountered to build a greater sense of community how much of an uphill battle has it been and you know I, i i must admit that really resonated for me because you know, one of the things we found, and, and you know, Dark Guardian and I and, and, and a bunch of other people at the time were doing a lot of work around Harlem um, 
there were some hate crimes. There were there were hate crimes against the gay community, against a transgender woman at one point, and we we did a, a lot of work there, um, flyering for um, for for abusive crimes against the, these minority groups, and we found the response from the local communities to be absolutely overwhelming from the minute we were out there. And, you know, I guess the the overwhelming message we were getting was that a lot of those local communities, because they are minority groups, typically, you know, racial minority groups or ethnic minority groups themselves, don't trust talking to the police. And, uh, you know, the idea that there is a community volunteer team out there flyering um, really, really resonated with them. And, you know, we, we look like them and talk like them. And, and, and there's, uh, you know, there, there's a real, a real sense of community between the people like us who are out in the streets and, and the, uh, you know, in the community themselves. So, you know, we found, for example, there was a, a rapist we were trying to track down in Brooklyn. Within two nights of being out there and handing out flyers, we knew where he lived, we knew his name, and were able to give those details to the authority, and the guy was done. And, you know, things like that were absolutely mind-blowing to me. Yeah, um, you guys were really integral, in, I believe, in helping locate a, a missing person, too, in your area, just from putting up flyers. So um, that's that's been a really good response. Um, when we went out on our needle pickup, we do this now every Saturday. We go out on our needle pickups, and we start down this one alley, and every time we walk down this one alley, some guy is sitting up in his window, uh, like a couple, two or three stories up, and he will yell, thank you, thank you for doing this because he sees us doing that consistently every week. This past weekend, it was cold. He had his window closed, and I looked up in the window, and he's given us a thumbs up. So <laughs> um, there's that. And we've also we started a, um, a neighborhood uh, watch patrol here in our neighborhood, which helped us to get to know our neighbors. So when we put on an emergency bug-out bag, um, you know, just class here in our neighborhood, we got people coming in who never met each other before. So now we know names so when you ask how much of an uphill battle uh has it been it hasn't actually people like specter said they i think they'd rather talk to other people than they would to the police you know so um and let's face it if there's just some giant disaster in your area like katrina you're going to end up talking to each other you're going to end up depending on each other because you're not going to get the emergency response teams out there like you really wish you could it's the reality is you're on your own. So you might as well get to know your neighbors, right? Yeah, that's, so. that's something that I want to do is uh, start a community watch around here. And uh, and I quite frankly, I, I don't know how to go about getting it started other than, um, other than uh, going around and knocking on people's doors and seeing if they're interested in doing it. Uh, oh, but I'm Artie, sure that... Let me tell yeah. you the easiest way in the world, because I wondered the same thing. You contact your your local law enforcement. Your your um, they will so help you set it up. Believe it or not, they give you flyers. You know, ideas to pass out flyers and such. They come to your home or whoever's home or wherever you want to host this, and they they give you ideas on how to walk around, drop flyers off. Um, saying, hey, we're going to have the police officers of our area here at this time. Come and meet them and join our neighborhood watch. They give you those neighborhood watch stickers. They give you pamphlets to give out to your neighbors. Man, they make it really easily. So just go go to your um, local law enforcement first, and they get you started. That's how they helped us. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll look into that then. I'm, I'm taking notes right now. So <laughs> yes, I, will, I will totally look into that. The, uh, the Like I said, the 
it's it's really peaceful where I live at. There is no local law enforcement. We have, oh my uh, yeah, we we have the county sheriff, and that's it. So, like the the city I live in, there's there's no there's no police force. So, wow. Which is really, which is really, you know, that's saying something. So I, I actually have to go to the county, I guess, and yeah. uh, the next city over. I know the next yeah. city over. The next city over is Clearwater. They got all kinds of cops there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a that's bunch where, of cops in that town. That's where Old Soups is, right? Clearwater. So. That is correct, yeah. Yep. Um, he's, he's down in Clearwater, so. Now, you know, I got to tell you guys, another uh, really good tip that I got was um, connect with community. That is so true. Like there's a noob, say there's a noob here and he's by himself and he has nobody to connect with and nobody to patrol with because they all think they're going to join and and amass these huge teams of, you know, they watch too much kick-ass. Suddenly you've got a team of yeah. 20 people walking down the street in costumes. Sorry, kids, it, it rarely ever works that way. Yeah. I, so, I find that, that teams work best in two. Two or three people is usually the best way to do it. And that's team. right. Most consistent, too, is, is your two or three people. You know, connect with your community because they give you all kinds of shortcuts on things you can do to help the community. And really, believe it or not, they may need a park cleanup desperately. And, oh, look at this. They've got two, three volunteers who are, you know, real-life superheroes cleaning up the park. Tell me that isn't an awesome way to start, you know? That's a perfect way to start. Yeah, see? Uh, you know what as well? I, I would say that even if you are uh, a little bit more leaning towards the ninjalanti side, you know, we, uh, <laughs> we in New York, we did find that we, we actually sent a few, a few of our members when we had a, a much bigger team along to some different regional community groups, and we would hear things like, uh, you know, the, uh, the pier at the end of Christopher Street is where there are regular drug dealers and pimps and prostitutes hanging out, and, you know, there's always loads of crime and noise and public disturbances there, so... You know, um, I, I'm not trying to uh, push people down the route of, uh, you know, of, of looking for crimes to go and solve. But at the same time, it does give you a very good idea of, you know, where the hotspots are in the area, where the homeless people are hanging out. You know, where are, where are the, the more deprived areas that you could, you know, you can actually make a difference in. Right. Absolutely. Um, and, and that makes that's a big point, too. Think about this. You're a new RLSH. You want to help out. You want to be a hero to community. Where do you start? Where do you start? So I think that one of the things you should do is you should sit down and you should have a plan of sorts, even if it's just a plan for you to map out a couple hours a day where you can volunteer somewhere and where you can kind of walk the streets and get to know your neighbors or just get to know what goes on in your area, clean up parks. Whatever you can do on your own that doesn't put you in danger, have a freaking plan because otherwise you're just you're going to spend more time online than you do in your actual community doing any good. And we know hundreds of people that do that, who spend more time flapping their lips online, causing drama, <laughs> than they do going out and actually doing something. Those aren't heroes. Those are wannabes and posers. So. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I, I agree completely with that, too. So, uh, yeah, how, and, and this is something that, uh, you know, somebody told me a long time ago was, uh, don't patrol. Do missions. Come up with a plan and set a goal and do that. Because Excellent. That's going to be that's going to be successful. Whereas if you patrol, you're just you're walking around in a costume and you're going to get burnt out and you won't want to do it after a while. So oh, that's don't do that's that. excellent. Yeah, yeah. Come up with a mission and accomplish it. 
and uh, and that'll keep you motivated. And I was like, you know what? That's brilliant. That's that brilliant. is. Do that. Actually brilliant. I like that a lot. Yeah, and you and know that's, that's something we've always religiously followed in the New York area as well. You know, it's, we've just got too big an area and too densely populated an area um, to, to waste our time just walking around and around and around, and too small a team as well. So, you know, what we do is, is regularly watch the, the breaking news channels to, you know, find out particularly um, regional uh, kind of crime and, and uh, particularly crimes against women, against children, missing persons, you know, things where... Either we feel like the the New York Police Department has ignored it because it's a it's a statistical <laughs> minor offense in their eyes. You know, it's another black woman being raped in Harlem. It, it just doesn't factor statistically enough for them to put a massive priority on it. And we we yeah. do see a number of these cases for that reason that just get sidelined. Um, and those are the places where we really feel that, you know, putting in a little bit of time and effort from our side and, you know, a small, we might spend $10 on flyers, we might spend five hours of walking around putting those flyers up, but that investment of time and money on our side can make a massive difference in the case and, and in the lives of the people in that community. Right. Absolutely. Um, Bug, you were about to say something. I was. Uh, it was relating to the having a the whole having a plan thing. I was saying that's one reason I didn't stick with the group that I was originally with um, before I brought poor Rock into all of this. Uh, poor me. <laughs> they they went out not really having a plan, um, and it really showed. I only went out twice with those guys. I'm like you know, and, and both times there was just random uh, media involved, and no one said anything about it ahead of time. And I said this is ridiculous. How are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to accomplish anything with these people following us around? So, yeah, have a plan. Do a mission. Much smarter. Right. Um, are you guys? Can you guys see what's in the chat room? Uh, are we still? Did we? We didn't lose you guys, did we? Oh, I'm still here. Oh, good, 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 good. Got quiet. Um, uh, Miss Fit was asking anybody uh, if we've seen the the documentary, The Interrupters. Um, and uh, apparently it's an amazing real-life community intervention. Now, so you got my my uh, curiosity now because that, you know, real-life community intervention, that's that's what we're, we're all trying to do, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay, good. We'll put that link up there, and then it gives us something good to watch. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, that, yeah, that, that works. We've got nine minutes, eight minutes left on the air. Wow, this this just flew by fast. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, uh, new new real-life superheroes, one of the things that we haven't, well, we, we sort of uh, touched on this, but just so briefly, get training. Now, I'm always yes. saying this. It, it doesn't mean you don't have to be, you have to go out there and be a black belt, okay? That's, that's not what I mean at all. You know, Bug and I teach uh, free self-defense seminars. We've been doing that at the LGBT Center for two years now, and um, we do it at, at anywhere that needs it. Uh, we just did one in Utah <laughs> recently. Yeah. But um, when I say get training, I mean at least know how to defend yourself. Even if you're just giving out sandwiches, even if you're just doing outreaches, if you're putting yourself out there on the streets, you're putting yourself in harm's way. You never know. Someone could have a mental problem and attack you. And if you don't know how to save yourself, you know, um, 
well, you just know how bad it can go from there. Get get training yeah. from a uh, citizen. You know, there are, uh, I, I know it's hard to find sometimes because, like, already, like you're saying, there's there's not even the, the, you know, the local law enforcement in your area except for the sheriff. But uh, oftentimes neighboring counties will have citizen police academy um, classes, and they're free. And you can learn so much from those classes. Um, and and, you know, and it goes without – Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to I was going to throw in there as well as uh, as that kind of thing. I would say the very very minimum that anyone who does this needs to know is CPR and first aid. Yes. And, I mean, literally yes. I, I'm doing one tomorrow through my company. It costs 15 bucks to get CPR certification. You, you know, it it's really a no-brainer. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh and and that's that's the good a good place to start is with uh with first aid and, you know, because we're there to help people, and if you can, if you can offer, if you can save someone's life, wow, you've just become a superhero, you know? Right. So right. Yeah. CPR, you, absolutely. CPR, uh, Heinrich, all that. Anything, any, any type of uh, emergency uh, medical procedure that you can get, take it. Right. First thing you should have, because even if you have nothing else. Like you said, if 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 you freeze when someone drops in front of you, then that's it. You're you know try to go out and patrol after that, knowing that you didn't even have the training to to really really help someone in need. That's someone in right. absolute. Need. Um, I think a lot of these guys go out in costume, hoping that they'll find somebody being you know beat up or mugged or raped in front of them. That's another thing. You got to drop that mentality, guys. That's the worst thing you could possibly do because you, you got to understand that hoping something like that happens in your night is is essentially waiting for someone to have probably the worst night of their life. And that's a really yeah. crappy energy to put out there. So what you should hope for is a really super calm night where nothing happens, but be prepared for the worst. Yeah, you'll have a lot of those type of nights on patrols where nothing happens. This is and that's hey. this is correct. Yeah. <laughs> And you should also, another type of training to look into is uh, de-escalation. Oh, yeah. We took a few of those prior to Occupy our first night out and uh, really useful. I think, was it you, Artie, who put that up or was it someone else in the recruit center? Uh, Yeah. How to de-escalate anybody? Yep. Very useful. Very useful. So if you're a new real-life superhero listening to this, and you've heard us talking about the Recruit Center now several times, if you're not uh, um, in that page, and it's open to everybody, it's welcome to everybody, um, you you really should check it out because there's a lot of useful information there. Um, Artie tries to keep the walls free of drama. Yes, as do I. I try. (laughs) There's always going to be a little little drama in there. Um, But Let's see how much time we've we've got less than four minutes left. Spectre, what what do you think we ought to do now? Because as usual, we've we've uh, filled it up to the very last. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know what? I I couldn't end this show because of the time of year it is without uh, wishing you and Nightbug a very very happy anniversary because it was <laughs> exactly a year ago that you guys oh. had the most freaking awesome Star Wars themed wedding. And I mean, when I say Star Wars, I'm not talking about <laughs> A cake, you know. I'm talking about Darth Vader walking you down the aisle, and lightsaber battles during the first dance, and Yoda as as your official marrying you. I mean, a Star uh-huh. Wars wedding. 
So happy now, anniversary, how, you guys. How would you know? Thank you, sir. And how would you know all those details? Uh, I was privileged to be there. I was I was honored to be there. Oh, you're such a humble man. He was, not only was he there, he was dressed as the Sith guard, the Sith that walked in front of of uh, Darth Vader and I um, when we were walking down the aisle. So, uh, you guys, if you if you find my Facebook page, you just just look for uh, what is it, rock and roll, uh, whatever, rock and roll dot uh, ah, some shit. Facebook. Wow, that's the first <laughs> swear word we've heard all. The- <laughs> we never <laughs> said we were G-rated. But but uh yeah, it's uh, uh Spectre happened to be there that that um that weekend as as a Sith Lord, so it's pretty cool. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of the fun. The only thing that could have made it better is if we actually had an X-Wing fighter to take off in at the end. We had a motorcycle that had <laughs> a Rebel uh, logo on one side and uh, the Empire logo on the other side. So that was, that was cool. <laughs> we away with our life. We are such nerds. If you guys haven't picked that up by now. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Vector in the chat room is saying, language. Thanks, Cap. Thank you, Captain America. Yes. <laughs> But thank you for that. Thank you for remembering our anniversary. And Miss Fitz also telling us happy anniversary. She was there. Woo! So, um, yes, happy anniversary, guys. Thank you, my thank dear. You. Appreciate that. I like this guy. Anyway, <laughs> I thought also I should say we got just over a minute left. I should say apologies to Dusk. Um, we had to mute him because we we're getting a lot of static off the line. Yeah, Dusk. We don't know what was going on with your line, but it was starting to crackle really bad. So, um, we. Yeah, we had to turn. We couldn't hear anything else after a while, but but we love you and thank you for your uh, thank you for all your input. Um, and try them again. See if you can still hear it. See if you can <laughs> ring him in. And we want to thank our guests. We want to thank Artie. Uh, we want to thank Dust. Dust, can you hear us now? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, 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 yeah. We okay, good. Good. Now, now you're- you guys told me about it uh, about the uh, static thing. I would have like you know I. Queued myself out and then back oh, in. I was like, did I get muted? Was I talking too much? Probably. No, no, so I queued was... myself <laughs> back in. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, and we want to really quickly, so we want to thank you guys for coming out and sharing. Um, and we also want to uh, remind everybody, active slash hyphen whatever, ism.com, if you want to donate a couple bucks to St. Jude's and to our um, our team that's doing the Warrior Dash in less than three weeks. Um, and win yourself and a custom-made uh, weights belt as well, a Wonder Woman or a Superman uh, weights belt, depending on your it's choice. custom-made. Isn't that art by Card- Cardillo Belt? I, anyway, you'll find it on that page. Um, and yeah, you've, you've kind of inspired us on that, too. Uh, team Justice is doing a 5K next Saturday. Sweet. Nice. Love it. That's what we want to hear. Well, we love you guys, and we will see you next Maybe you should put some shorts on or something if you want to keep fighting evil today.